Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to Hope for Today. My name is Naja E. Brown, your host, and we thank you for your support and participation. Hope for Today is an outreach program of Yield to the King Ministry, and our hope and prayer for our listening audience all over the world is that you hear something that is encouraging, life-altering, or prompting you to study the Word of God. We welcome your comments anytime, and you can reach us through our website at yieldtothekingministry.org. Well, welcome to today's episode entitled, Send Me, Lord, and I Will Go. And as always, I like to read the promotional material to lay our foundation for today. As a believer in Christ Jesus, a call to service is a delight Whether ordained clergy or not, God desires that all be laborers in his kingdom. When God gives us an assignment, he equips us to carry out his work. His calling always includes a concern about others and the condition of their souls. Ministry is not something we can do, but something we must do. How does one know when God is calling? It is when we see the collaborative work of God's divine purpose uniting with our willingness to go. In the book of Isaiah, chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 8, the New King James Version, it reads, As I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Here am I, send me. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. And you know, the work of God that he has equipped us and called us to do is very, very important. We are all called to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ in and through ministry. And the nice thing is, is that it looks differently depending on who we are, how God has equipped us, and what he is asking us to do. I want to introduce to you our special studio guest, Evangelist Judy Harris. Sister Judy, welcome to Hope for Today. Praise God, my sister. It's a <laughs> blessing to be on with you today, Naja. Just looking forward to what God's going to do and the joy of just visiting with everyone today. Because he said, we're two or more gathered in my name. I'm in the midst of them. So he is with us. Amen. 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 Well, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So let's see. Uh, Sister Judy, you and I met virtually, I think it was back in uh, November of last year. I was yep. on vacation, uh, uh, just a short little getaway, and you joined our church prayer line. And ever mm-hmm. since then, we've been connected. <laughs> yes, we have. And, and each time we talk, we get to learn more and more about each other. And, I, you know, I, I think we have a lot in common. I, we, 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 ha- we have a few things in common. You do too? We, we have a lot in common. The yes. one thing we have in common, that uh, we were both saved by grace. 
We both came to our own set of hellish sins, and God said, I can use those two. And then he was (laughs) kind enough to hook us up together. (laughs) And I've been like, wow. (laughs) It's been phenomenal. Yes. And, and, And so what I would add to what we have in common is that we both love the word of God. Mm-hmm. We yes, know we how do. to laugh. We know how to laugh, yes. and we know how to keep it real. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. And the other okay. thing we know, Naja, is when one's down a little bit, the other one will lift the other one up without even thinking mm-hmm. about it. And Amen. that's what sisters do in Christ, brothers do in Amen. Christ. We'll reach yes. down. We listen with our heart and if we heal that heal something that's not pleasing, we try to comfort each other. Yeah. And that's God. Yes. Love. yes. That's a divine right. connection, isn't it? Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm. yes. I like yes. that. Yes. <laughs> well, just based on what you've said so far, I know I know and I believe our listening audience can tell that you've been in ministry for a while and that you obviously responded to God's call. So I'm yes. going to give you an opportunity to tell us more about yourself, your personal journey, and from where God has brought you and where you've landed as of today. And I know you've got your hands in many, many pots, <laughs> but tell us a little bit about your upbringing <laughs> and your family traditions and um, just, you know, how, you know where, yeah. where life started for you. Okay. Well, the fun thing about my life is most people would, call me, and the Lord kind of gave me this name, that I'm classy country, because I'm Um. about as country as you can get. I'm a pig farmer's daughter. We (laughs) raised pigs. We raised cows. We raised chickens, ducks, turkeys. We had a farm. We grew everything that would grow in Maryland, where I grew up, and um, that meant we canned everything. We cooked everything. We killed everything, and we ate everything. We had fruit Mm. trees. We had everything. And my father was a poor man, but yet he was rich because mm. this little man had a big dream. He had a farm. He bought a farm. And we had six kids, and I'm the oldest. And okay. out of all that, if you'd have told me one day I'd be doing what I do for the Lord, I'm the last I thought that he would have ever chosen. So you never know who God is pulling and calling to do something for him mighty. It's not about being in a rich house or a great family. We were farmers, and we Mm -hmm. were mocked all the time because our neighbors across the street didn't do farming. They dressed nice. We dressed poor. But we were happy. Mm -hmm. We were never hungry, Mm -hmm. never hungry. Mm -hmm. And my daddy made sure we laughed a lot and had a lot of love. In that, some people can recognize my mother cussed a lot. She had a very unhappy life, unhappy childhood. And because uh-huh. of it, um, it poured over on all of us. You couldn't get around without her cursing you out for not doing something that you did so small or getting beat for somebody else. But um, that's why I say we come from places where it hurts so deep can be healed or forgiven uh-huh. or even used uh-huh. by God. And so when I say God took this broken child who looked for acceptance all her life, the last thing, and I will tell you along the way, my son was killed, he and his best friend at age 18, two weeks before college. 
And when I went through his box of things, one thing he wrote in there was, Lord, please let my mother find acceptance and wear it on her forehead like a banner. Mm. And that's the biggest problem we have in life is wanting someone to validate us. Uh And the Lord Uh keeps telling us all in his word, I made you. You're not junk. Uh And I Uh can make you into something powerful if you let Uh me mold you in your hands. And Uh that's what he did with this little girl. I mean, I was 50 years old before I realized, yeah. Go ahead, please. No, no, you go ahead. You you were you said you were fifty years old. Mm Mm-hmm. Fifty years old. Now I was saved, full of the Holy Ghost, because I'd been serving the Lord. Uh, I've been serving the Lord for forty years, but I was Mm fifty years old before I realized that I was a beautiful woman. We wear this face of smiles and being accepted and wanting someone to love us. And Jesus loves us, but somehow uh-huh. we look for people to do it. And when that doesn't happen, we walk around with our heads bowed down, looking up like, hi, how are you? God bless you. Uh-huh. And the uh-huh. enemy will make sure that someone will make you feel out of place. Right. We learn, to wear those, we, we learn to wear yeah. those masks and to present yeah. that outer image that we think people want to see. But the nice thing, which you've touched on beautifully, is that God knows our inner self, our inner being. He knows our heart. Yes. And we are fearfully yes. and wonderfully made. And when we, oh when we understand our self-worth, not, not yes. looking for self-esteem, but mm-hmm. when we understand oh my God. our self-worth, then we understand yes. how precious and how valuable we are to him. And then sometimes we get to the place where what other people think really doesn't matter. <laughs> no. Because we know and who we are in Christ. <laughs> yes, you can. I think it's okay as long as a self-righteousness doesn't exude, but a Christ-righteousness, exactly. a boldness and a confidence Ooh. in Christ, not a self-righteousness. Yes. And, and, no. and that can, you know, because we can get, you know, we can feel some yeah. kind of way and think this and that about ourselves, but really it's, the Christ in us that we want to um, people to see and, and to embrace. And hopefully that will draw them to, to him. So, so let me ask you this question. When did you actually meet Jesus? Now you, you said that you were 50 years old before you realized that you were a beautiful woman, but when did you actually meet Jesus Christ? Oh my God. That was 40 years ago. Okay. 40 years ago. I I had a mother that had known Christ because her mother abandoned her and left her with her grandmother and then decided when she was 16, her mother came back and got her from Virginia and brought her to Baltimore and worked her like a slave. And mm-hmm. my mother hated everything about the church almost. But what she had learned from my great-grandmother was about Jesus Christ. So uh-huh. she imparted that into every one of us to go to Sunday school and learn. And she gave us a religious foundation. Now, what she gave us was the keys for what God wanted to open in every one of us. Uh-huh. And we, I didn't realize it to now. That was our key because I later started getting a hunger for him. 
I was a mm-hmm. 12-year-old learning to play the piano in the church, but I started getting a hunger to want to serve him. But being a young girl, there was nothing to serve him. There was no way. So I just went on became what God hates is a religious person. Because oh. being religious left me two worlds to serve. And believe mm-hmm. me, I served both of them. And when mm-hmm. I say the two words, I do mean the devil. I mean, it's so easy to have people give you a religious foundation. Oh, yeah, you can go out and party and you can go in and sleep with this one or you don't even have to marry them and feel like you're okay because you're going to church, you're reading your Bible, you may even act with the children, interact or sing on a choir. But believe it or not, that'll take you to hell Uh because Mm -hmm. nowhere in there have you yet accepted Jesus Christ. So I was a very strong religious person. Even when Jesus stopped me, I had come to a crossroads sitting in my house, not wanting to live anymore. That Mm -hmm. non-acceptance thing said, hey, you're not worth anything. Nobody Uh wants you. Nobody wants to be around you. And all they do is take, 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 and you give, and you get nothing. And so the rejection that my mother left us all with followed me until Jesus told me, stop. And he sent me to a church. I'll never forget. He told me that day, get up and go to the church. And I remember him sending me. And uh, the people were surprised at the church because I usually played special music at the church. Uh And the woman I played for was at another church. So they were not even receptive of my sins. I had covered them up so much. Ah. Saved. That's why they didn't know. They thought I was saved, so they're like, oh. And I never visited, and except I came to play the music. So when they opened the doors to the church, the Lord put such a burn on me that I thought I was going to die if I didn't get up. And I got saved. Oh. But it took me three years of wandering because most people thought I was saved, so they never taught me. The uh-huh. Lord stopped me. He stopped me. And when Uh he stopped me, he got a hold of my heart, my soul, my spirit, my whole being, and told me what my worth was. And then he overshadowed me with women of God who didn't mind raising me up in the Lord. They fed me. They fed me every way they could. They condemned everything that I was doing and showed me it wasn't God. And they did it with love. Amen. There was so much love. Mm. Mm. And because so, of that, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I felt accepted. Mm. I did. I mm-hmm. felt accepted by Christ. Mm-hmm. Glory mm. to God. Mm. There is a, a big difference. I like what you shared, um, the difference between religiosity and relationship. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I will share with people, if I am talking to them about Christ, you know, one of the questions they'll probably ask is, well, what church do you go to? And, you know, I'll share where I attend, but I'll tell them also that I am more interested in them having a relationship with Christ than them going to church. Now, we know God is powerful, all powerful, and he can work in any situation. And certainly, you know, um, we're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, you know, it is, yeah. it is the power unto salvation, yeah. right? 
And and so uh, I just have I, I'm just listening to you, and I'm thinking, yes, I know what religion is, the do's and mm-hmm. the don'ts, and the checklist. Mm-hmm. And but <laughs> yeah. that's not a relationship. That's not a relationship. No. And when we enter into a relationship with Christ, we know that our life has been changed and renewed. And so there's a huge difference. Wow. That's, that's, uh, that's powerful. There is such a hunger because it's like the Lord opens up that emptiness in us that we've not Mm -hmm. been able to fill with people and things and relationships that we feel like we're going to die if we don't Mm -hmm. get him. There's no, there's no void like being empty of Christ. And when people start talking about it, you're so thirsty and so hungry. You're like, can you tell me something else? Where do you go? Um, How did you get what you want? You'll find yourself begging people. What do Mm -hmm. I do? And I have them come up to me. What do I need to do to get saved? They're Mm -hmm. ready. They're willing. They're hungry. And that's why the Lord said many are called, but few are chosen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's because yeah. if we don't say yes to the call, who will reach the few that are mm-hmm. not being met? Their needs aren't being met. They're looking for an answer, and churches yeah. are giving them a watered-down gospel. Many of them are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has no condemnation of their sin, so they go in like they went, and they come out like they went in. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like you said, the spirit of the Lord, can the religion can never touch that. No, it's dead. Play acting. I mean, we've all been there. You know, I, I came out of a doctrine <laughs> yeah. that was, uh, the, the doctrine was uh, when I first met Christ in 1980, I, you know, I'm not taking anything mm-hmm. away from the, where God sent me because I believe that my search for truth started way before I ended and landed in this particular church in 1980. But mm-hmm. um, very legalistic and very dogmatic mm-hmm. and yes. it was all works. It was works oriented and practically yes. um, without grace. And so it, it yes. leaned over, you know, you were working to earn that salvation. You know, we were trying mm-hmm. to uh, work our way, and it was all about a checklist, the do, 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 do's, and then the don'ts, 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 yes. don'ts, don'ts. And it wasn't until later that that balance happened in my life between grace mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, uh, you know, the, just yeah. things started to balance out. Uh, the works, yeah, yeah. Works, you know, yeah. faith without works is dead. We know that, but the, it started to balance yes. out for me, and then I was able to embrace both, and, and I, I, I didn't feel like there was no use. There was no use because yes. you, you continue to sin, right? And and then you yes. just say, okay, well, what's the use? Because I'm not. This is not ever going to end. This is like a vicious cycle. But um, yeah, yeah. So that and that God relationship. Hmm. Yeah. He'll let everything turn on us that satisfied us in our flesh. Mm-hmm. He let everything mm-hmm. turn on me that satisfied. I no longer because I now had a hunger for Him. And I'm mm-hmm. still trying to serve the world, and the world's realizing I'm not with them like I was, and the part I had, they didn't want. So guess what? They divorced me. Uh-huh. My friends uh-huh. and my party animals did not want to be with me anymore because the next thing you know, well, come on, let's listen to some Christian songs, and they're like, uh, we're leaving. 
okay? Mm-hmm. And they did. Mm-hmm. They left me. And so mm-hmm. that part where I'd been able to straddle the fence, it was dead. And God let me know, you cannot work your way to heaven. You were yes. wrong. It's, like you said, it's not about works. It's not about doing good to people. If that mm-hmm. was the case, uh, there's a lot of people do a lot of good. But their hearts mm-hmm. are black with sin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And only the mm-hmm. blood of Jesus can wash that heart pure, give it That's the right. south saving life of Christ, the joy, the life that means more than money, than anything. And that mm-hmm. love people are hungry for. Yes. And he said, if you hunger yes. and thirst after righteousness, God is our righteousness. You will be saved. Amen. And that's what we're hungering and thirsting for. Lord, where are you? I just need your peace. You can't mm-hmm. buy that kind of peace. No, no. There's not no, enough money to buy it. No, and the world doesn't and have to And you can't earn it either. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so Christ can't killed that void. That's it. Yes. That's it. Uh, it, 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 that's, it. that's what grace is, is unmerited favor, right? I mean, so there's nothing we could do to merit. There's nothing we could do to merit God's grace. He just graciously, nothing. so graciously has given it nothing. to us. So Christ fills yeah. that void. And then when we yeah. are in relationship with him and he starts to, to, to transform us and renew our minds, our appetites change. So yes. Sister Judy, Evangelist <laughs> Judy. When did you realize that you were being called into the ministry? And then how did you respond? Was it an immediate, okay, Lord, here I am, send me? Or did you have to try to kind of figure it out and then get on the road and do what you are called to do? Tell us a little bit about that journey. Well, the journey was funny because God kind of set me up. Okay. I got saved. (laughs) Uh And, you know, the devil knows when you're saved, okay? And yes. when you've been out there running hell for him, like a runner running drugs, uh, he don't want to let you go. You're, you're uh-huh. one of his best people. And I was out there. And so when he called me in, the devil sent a man into my life. Gave me everything I wanted. I needed somebody for my son. Didn't marry me. We lived good. But then uh-huh. one day, a minister he worked with, started telling him about Christ. And he came home and told me. My heart was burning so bad to hear every word he said, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> Literally. Mm-hmm. I was like a little kid. Hey, what else did he say? And, and I'm standing there trying not to be like I want to know the religious part, but I'm asking because my love tank was dry. He called me, and then it was like no one to feed that or help me through it because they still tried to keep me religious. So God allowed me in a hellish situation because I wasn't where I needed to be, but he got me to where I needed to be from one city to another and where there were people that were going to help me recognize what the call was and why I couldn't stay where I was. Uh And we finally did go to church. But I went to church, and I, I really have to laugh about this. When we went to church, we... Him and I went to the man's church, and we're sitting on the front, dressed like um, Pimpin' and his whore. I mean, we had on our fur coats, and we sat on the front row because we were both religious with my son. And the Holy Ghost convicted me so bad 
that I wanted to crawl under the bench and couldn't go anywhere. And at that point, I knew I was at the crossroad where the Lord said, religion is not going to work anymore for you. You're either going to come all the way and stop spraddling the fence or you're going to die in your sins. And so the women in that church saw the anointing on me and they kept in touch with me. And they told me truth that I didn't want to hear. One of them said to me very blatantly, I said, I can't leave him. I'm in love with him. And she said, oh, no, you are in lust with him. And it cut Mm -hmm. through the darkened part left of my heart. And I said, Lord, he said, now you can let him go. I said, help me. And Mm -hmm. they did. Mm -hmm. They helped me to the point where who knows how we got an apartment? We got one. How we had furniture? We had little. But within a year of where we were living, the Lord put us in a house. Wow. Once I was obedient to what God had for my son and I, doors opened like nothing you'd ever seen. It flowed. People came with monies to help with the paying down on the house. They mm. prayed for me. They were with me through thick and thin. They took my son up in their arms and trained him. Up. Five women in the church mothered me. And I was mm-hmm. so hungry that everything they taught me, I just wanted to live for Christ because I was all his. There was no more division. And I have never, ever thought about backsliding because once I found the true heart of Christ, there is no greater love. He satisfied my longing for acceptance and love, and no one can feel that for me. I'll go anywhere for him, and I have. Mm. I've gotten that in my may- car. At, go uh-huh. Ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I have gotten in my car, driven my son. Boy, we both came out here and married a Christian man, which only lasted two and a half years. And the Lord, uh-huh. some people would say, well, how did that go wrong? I miss God. Okay? Uh-huh. But God uh-huh. used it and turned it around. That's what I'm saying. In any mistake we make trying to think we're moving in Christ He can turn it around. Uh He did that for Uh Joseph when his brothers had him, and Pharaoh pulled him up to the highest position in Egypt, and he told his brothers, you may have meant it for evil, but God turned it around for good. God turned it around for good and told me, stay in California. My family turned against, you need to bring yourself home. No, God started me here with ministry like never before. And I was moving in ministry back there. Uh But he brought me here and turned me loose. (laughs) And after he did, I got three college degrees, not one, age 44, going back to college. Uh Three college degrees, commencement speaker, Uh a son there with me, one of the mothers of the church with me, and heaven shining down upon me. God has honored me. Every step of the way through the tears, the death, everything. When he said, I'll never mm-hmm. leave you nor forsake you, he means it. Yes, he so does. So who he yes, calls, he, he qualifies. Amen. We can't qualify Amen. ourselves, but he will. <laughs> yes, he will. Girl, yes, he, he knows will. what's in us and how to use it when we say, yes, that, Lord. That's, that's the equipping. 
two scriptures I love that you brought up. The Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, it says, For me, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And then you quoted the one in Genesis chapter 50, 20, what you meant for evil, God yeah. meant for good. But, you know, yeah. the key word that I heard you mention is obedience. You obeyed. Uh, yes. And that, you yes. know, that that's the key we have to. And I read it in the promotional material. How do we know when God is calling us? It is when we see the collaborative working of God's divine purpose uniting yes. with our willingness to go. Willingness. So that's that obedience. It's like, okay, I surrender. I yield. I give it up. Use yeah. me. Use me up, Use fill me up, do Use whatever me. you need to do. And that's what However. I hear you saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The thing he calls us to, when he sends me somewhere, I'm like, okay. He said, go tell that one that, go say that to that. There's no fear because right. I know that that person has prayed and cried out to the Lord, I need a word from you. And many times mm-hmm. we think, oh, no, I shouldn't go say anything to them. This might hurt them, and uh, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe it's not God. I have learned when God said go, I'm like, okay. And sometimes it may mm-hmm. not be a good word. And I have to say, excuse me, I have to tell you what the Lord is saying to you. And they'll tell me, you're absolutely correct. I may not like what he said, but, yes, I was waiting to hear from him, and mm-hmm. I'll get it right with him. So mm-hmm. our faithfulness and obedience to God, you know, I tell people this. The Lord said obedience is better than sacrifice because yes, disobedience, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. So we need to know mm-hmm. just how much God hates rebellion. But when he tells yes. you to go, not just some people will do partial obedience. And I want you to yes. know partial yes. obedience is the same as Total disobedience. There's no part. Right. That's right. And delayed obedience. Delayed. Delayed obedience. Delayed obedience. Uh huh. Disobedience too. Uh huh. So he said, "Oh no." He said, "No." He said, "I will spew you out 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 of my mouth. There is no Mm -hmm. in between. You are the light or your darkness. You can't do a middle ground." And when mm-hmm. your spirit is on fire with the Lord calling you, no. And when I couldn't find Jesus through ministers, I kept asking them, where's Jesus? And some of the ministers in the churches couldn't tell me. And finally, the Lord sent me where I could find him. Mm-hmm. Now, it may not have been mm-hmm. the right route, but he got me there. And yes. he saved my son and moved us where we needed to be for the changes that were coming in my life. All those yes. changes, the church stood by my son like everything. Mm. I had to lay mm. on my back from a surgery for months. They came and took my baby. They came mm-hmm. and took care of him. They paid the mortgage on my house, a little mm. country church. So I'm not talking about great big churches with lots of ground. I'm talking right. about a little tiny church in Washington, D.C., who mm-hmm. knew the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's what that's, they that's, did for uh, me. Mm. Oh, my God. And, and so so you've been in receipt of being ministered to. God ministers to us. Yes. When, yes. When, when we obey, 
and say, yes, send Ooh. me, you know, send me, Lord, yes. and I will go. Send and me. we get to take <laughs> how, you know, because we know how to, we've been ministered to, and then we're able to yes. minister to others. So others ministered to you. You said, yes, okay, now you're ministering to others. So share with us ways in which that, ways that you have been out there in the, oh, in, the in the vineyard, just laboring, uh, just, just tell us some ways that you serve. I, I know a little bit, oh, but I want you to just share with our listening audience. As an evangelist, and, I, and let me just quote this scripture yeah. too. Go therefore and make disciples of all the na- nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. That's Matthew 29 verses Amen. 19 through through 20. So how how are you yeah. out there in ministry, evangelist Judy? <laughs> when the Lord called me to evangelism, it was so cool. I had literally told the people that I would go just about for anything. And so uh-huh. because of it, I I was like excited about what the Lord was doing. He took me on the streets. They, they, this little church was serious about evangelism. They lived to do evangelism. So, again, we're in a, a bad neighborhood. We're having vacation Bible school. We're there to lead the children to Christ. We're there to lead the families to Christ. So I'm in the midst of it. My son is there. So guess what? When we got ready to go out, he and I went out together. We had tracks. We learned to buy tracks, and we didn't have them at the church. We found the track. We learned to put uh-huh. it with our tips when we were in the restaurant so them, somebody got to see it. We went to say hi, and people listened. We'd give a track on our way out. I was so great in giving tracks that I learned to make my own. I learned mm. to make a track that says, you've tried everything else. Why not try Jesus? And so it left huh. people where they were no matter if homeless or millionaires, and I ministered to both and all in between because all I knew was I didn't want them to go to hell. That was mm-hmm. the burning in me and in my son. And in my other son, it was the same thing. We'd lead somebody into Christ in a heartbeat. We didn't mm-hmm. care if we were stand in a restaurant or stand on a corner. We'd go in the worst neighborhoods in D.C. where they had no grass on the yards. Uh-huh. Even the homeless uh-huh. people sitting on the torn cars seats in the alley. One man was there one day, didn't know us, and he said something to me fresh. And the two men that were there every Sunday because they knew I came pick up a girl that I'd led to the Lord, they told him, uh-uh, don't do that to her. Stop. That's, that's our missionary. She prays for us. Uh-huh. So I want you to know, the spirit of the Lord had them looking for me every Sunday to come get that girl <laughs> and rebuke that man for talking I to me like it. I was a street woman. It was mm. cool. The other people in the mm. neighborhood would look, hey, evangelist, hey, missionary, you blessed today? Yes, ma'am. What are you doing? We're trying to follow Christ. Keep praying for us. So my son and I went out together. And oh, he's not a policeman in Baltimore, but he still has that in him. That goodness mm-hmm. of Christ. Mm-hmm. But that's how we went. And from there, Amen. I learned so much. I just went on to Bible college. I couldn't get enough. I couldn't get enough in church. I wanted more. And mm-hmm. I went and I learned. And I learned. 
And I learned and I learned until I'm still learning. And uh-huh. you never get tired of learning. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because it teaches you where you are. Go ahead. Yes, and, and, and we learn we learn more about ourselves too as, as we minister oh to God. others. And a lot of times we, we we are so much more blessed than they realize when we have an opportunity oh. to serve and to to just come alongside somebody. So but but yeah. the, the example that you just shared with us, you know, you, you, you were so good about giving out tracks and sharing Jesus with others that you started oh making God. your own tracks. The restaurants, yeah. I mean, just if we just thought about the number of places, well, pre-COVID, let me say oh COVID, because I think a lot of our yeah. um, uh, out and about activities have been curtailed because of COVID, but yeah. such a practical application. It doesn't have to be yeah. a restaurant. It could be a gas station. It can do, just be a walk to the yeah. bus stop on the bus. I mean, it's just so practical. Yeah. A lot of people don't know. Um, they shy away from evangelism because they think it, they think of Billy mm-hmm. Graham, right? You know, the great yeah, evangelist yeah. in the 21st century. Yeah. But, but, but it, it's practical. It's where do you go? Where do we where frequent? Do Who do we run into? How many opportunities do we have to seize yeah. to share Jesus Christ with others? Such a powerful and story, God, Sister Judy. People give you a hunger. We went to bus stops and gave out tracks where the people were going down to the trains. We went anywhere. And because of that, everywhere I went, people started calling me to their churches to minister. Uh-huh. The doors opened because people had seen me. Miss, what church are you to go to? And they would ask me, would you come speak to our women? Would you come speak at our church? And so God started putting me where the people were. And my Uh biggest message was, and it still is, the Lord said, stop condemning yourselves. Mm. Romans 8, 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation condemnation. to them who Mm -hmm. are in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. The enemy will try to condemn us that we're not worthy, we're not Mm -hmm. qualified. Even before I went to Bible college, God qualified me because I had the scripture, John 316, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, yes. that yes. whosoever perish shall have life everlasting. Yes. And my son would come behind me and he would tell him, he's the truth, he's the way, he's the life. And so they were like, <laughs> they'd look at him and they're like, they'd see the joy all over him. He believed, he knew, he saw a different mother. And because uh-huh. he saw the change, he wanted it. He uh-huh. wanted Christ also. So my babies wanted Christ, and they wanted to tell other people. The joy of it was the young man was friends with my son, was of a occultic religion and didn't know it. And we were talking. I said, Lord, he said, talk to him. And they were getting ready to go out uh, a couple of days afterward, and he said to him, um, man, you say Oh, man, I'm not going to hell like you are. Yeah, I'm saved. Oh. <laughs> and he said, he said, Mr. Harris, please, can you tell me how to get saved? And I looked at Josh, and Josh said, Mama, I got it. And he led him to oh. Christ. A week later, Amen. both boys died and went to heaven. How oh. could I be angry with God? Oh. Both oh. together oh. went oh. to heaven in a car accident. Oh, my goodness. They were both <clears throat> killed instantly. And God let them feel nothing. 
Oh, my goodness. And what age and was your son again, Sister Judy? 18. 18. 18 years old. That was my and, baby. And, mm, and his name was Joshua? He, Joshua Elijah, the double portion. Prophet. Oh, my goodness. And if you ask him about his name, he could tell you whose he was and what his name meant because he was mm-hmm. proud of it. Mm-hmm. He thought what a, that what women a were the greatest gifts that God ever made because his heart respected females. His mm-hmm. teachers loved him. He had something mm-hmm. kind to say. He'd help people in the store. Hi, can I help you get that? He showed mm-hmm. the love of Christ. And some of these Amen. people came and told me at the funeral, you're his mother. He helped me do this. He helped me with that. He said this. His legacy was talked about through the people that he met because they came told me about his life. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Wow, Sister Judy. This has just been absolutely wonderful. Now, I warned you that 45 minutes go by quickly. <laughs> we only have... Three minutes and 42 seconds left. (laughs) And I want to ask you, I want to ask you just one more question. And if you could just offer a few short words, just just one more question. What words of encouragement do you have for the person who is being called to ministry today who may be a little hesitant, may be a little weary, maybe in questioning, oh, how am I going to do this? How can I be doing this? I can't do this. What words of encouragement would you offer to them? And this has got to be short because we're going to run out of time. All right. The greatest encouragement I can give you is just say yes Mm. and then trust the Lord to have his way with you because it will be the most beautiful journey you've ever experienced. It will Mm. never be dull. And there'll be more rewards than there will be pain. But Mm. most of all, whenever you get hurt, you run back in daddy's arms. And he said, I've got you and I'll deal with the situations. Mm. Because the enemy will always want you to have bitterness or resentment or unforgiveness. But the Lord said, I'll handle your problems. I'll keep you, but release them. And hold on to me, and there is nothing mm. that he can't fix in Jesus' That's name. Right. Amen. <laughs> That's Glory right. And I, I just want to read Romans chapter twelve, verses one through two, because we've talked about how we, how you talked about, and shared with us how you started out, and how God told you that this is what he wants you to do and you trusted and obeyed but Romans 12 yes. chapters 1 and uh, chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 says I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable to yes. God which is your reasonable yes. service and do not yes. be conformed to this world but yes. be transformed yes. by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good yes. and acceptable and perfect yes. will of God and, and yes. so you, you talked about straddling the fence. You said, no, no more. can't yes. do this. No and more. God sent along yes. some people who ministered to you, who allowed you to go ahead and make that, that, uh, yes. that decision to, to get off that fence. Well, I just yes. want to say in closing, the call of ministry may mm-hmm. sound daunting, but really when we've asked the Lord into our life, we're serving him, following him, mm-hmm seeking after him and spending time with him, then we're all in full-time ministry. 
It becomes our acts of service unto the Lord. Remember, his calling always includes the concern about others and the condition of their souls. God is the faithful one who will sustain, guide, and bless us. We have a calling that is unique only to Mm, us and no one else, and it may transition in due seasons. It looks differently based on our spiritual gifts and the plans God has for us. So listening audience, now is the Mm -hmm. time to trust and obey him and respond to our calling by saying, send me, Lord, I will go. And with that, may God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. We'll talk again in a couple of weeks. Sister Judy, thank you, thank you, thank you, my dear. Say goodbye to the listening audience and God bless you. God bless you also. Thank you. We'll talk again. All right. Yeah. All right.